Hello, everybody. If you're not drunk from St. Patrick's Day or pulling your hair out from all the basketball games, welcome to another month of Nostalgia Crew. Uh, we had a fun show this month, Danielle. Yeah. Um, a number of reasons. We're going to talk about Fuller House. Which I know you are dying with anticipation. I, know, I, I just was like, I was actually getting a little um, fidgety, just you know, because there's so much I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, I'll save what I was gonna say for later. Um, plus, we're gonna play a little game a little later on uh -huh. that Danielle does not know about, but it's gonna be a fun game. She usually doesn't know about them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're also gonna talk about. A St. Patty's Day story, any Easter memories that we have, and our usual picks of the month. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you said you found something last night to bring up for discussion? Yes. Okay. So, um, this, okay. It's really funny because Bill came and told me, he said, well, um, there's, we're going to talk about Easter. We're going to talk about St. Patrick's Day. talk about Fuller House. I'm like, I have nothing else to talk about, really. And then as if some sort of, like, I don't want to say angel, but the Facebook gods and the BuzzFeed gods have presented me with this little gem called Dead Seven. Dead Seven. Dead Seven, okay? All right. All right. Dead Seven is a movie. And for um, those of you who, like me, were teenagers in the late 90s, early 2000s, and were and practically worship boy bands, this is our movie that we have prayed for, <laughs> in a matter of speaking. Okay. So it is a zombie movie on the Sci-Fi Channel, starring um, Nick Carter, okay. AJ McLean, and Howie Duro from the Backstreet Boys, Joey Fatone and Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC, Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees, and four of the guys from Motown. Oh wow! So I don't like zombie movies, but. I'll just tune in for this. It, it, it is insane. I, I was like, it, it's also premiered on April 1st. So at first, my first instinct was, is this like an early April Fool's joke they're setting up for us? But it's an actual movie that has a trailer. And I'm just like, oh my God. Because I seriously thought. <sighs> but um, yeah, so. Look for it on the sci-fi channel. I would just... <laughs> um, actually, and it's sort of funny, because I was looking at it, or looking it up on my phone. Yeah. Um, Ted, who most of you know from the scorecard, tagged me and said on his Facebook, found another movie for your podcast, meaning mm -hmm. Untitled yeah. Movie Project. So... I guess once it comes out on DVD, that movie will be uh, 
and that'll be done. That of course. Be... Well, I mean, the trailer alone says it's from the people who bought you Sharknado. Oh, God, yeah. Should just make you pump to go. <laughs> I, I was, you know, like the teenage girl in me is like so excited for this. You have no idea. It's like, oh, my God, they're all in one movie. So I, I think... I, I I think it's really crazy, but well, um, <laughs> so should be fun to dissect once I get my yeah. my paws on it in the many months ahead. Ah, uh, so true, so true. But yeah, all right, seven. All right, now I'm gonna give you an over under, Danielle. Okay. Over or under two musical numbers during that movie. From the boy bands. Over or under what, like... There will be two... Oh, two, okay. Two times there will be musical performances from the boy bands. I'm going to say under. I'm going to have to go with under. Only because... They don't really all... <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say under. I'm just going to say... Okay. I'm going to go under as well, but I'm going to say they're going to sneak one in. They're, they're going to sneak one in. They're going to sneak one in. in. If this were made 15 years ago, I'd say over, but, you know. Uh, well, it'll be an April Fool's Massacre it was. on Sci-Fi. <laughs> my friend commented, she said, move over Spice World. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> This is gonna be a, it's gonna be a gem. Oh god! And you know what's funny is, um, and and I'll try to ask Jim, Jim Boy Star, uh, if I could get the link. He interviewed Otow oh on on his podcast. So I'll try and get you the link so you can listen to the interview with Oh my god, Otow. So, or actually, no, wait, I have the site. I can just. Look for the site and send it to you. So. Oh my god, I know. I'm like my little, my little teenage fangirl self is giddy. Yeah, I, w I was not a part of that interview. Although, I'm... although I was a part of the interview with the lead singer of Cherry Pop and Daddies, but. Oh, I forgot about them. That that we'll we'll discuss that one for another time. Yeah. That but... not, not that the interview wasn't good. It was good, but. I yeah, I really, really. <laughs> I, I, I had a poster of several posters of O-Town on my wall as a teenager, and I still have their music on my iPod. Do not judge me. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah. Now, I, I, I do wonder, though, <laughs> before we move on, uh -huh. if the people that produced this movie tried to get Justin Timberlake to make an appearance. No. You don't as think so? Noticed, if you noticed, um, I was just going over the cast list. And with the exception of the Backstreet Boys, probably because Nick Carter, you know, is it, didn't achieve the level of superstar status that Justin Timberlake achieved. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing Nick Carter, but he, he was on a VH uh, or E reality show with his whole family. And, you know, so this seems more like something he'd do. Okay. 
but um, all the other bands, the breakout heartthrob is an act, isn't part of the movie. Like, it, yeah, like um, 98 Degrees just says Jeff Timmons, not Nick Lachey. Right. And O Town has everybody but Ashley Parker Angel, who was like the big lead blonde guy who, um, when um, they, in fact, O Town has since reunited and he's not with them because he's going to do a solo career. So. Well, I sort of don't blame Nick Lachey for not appearing in this movie. I mean, have you seen his wife? Around. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I, I, I vaguely remember Vanessa. I, yeah. It's sad that the main thing I know her for is being married to him. I know she was on MTV. She, she was in a movie, too. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> she was in, uh, I think it was called Disaster Movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that one, but I remember it. Yeah. It, it, it has its good moments. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, Kim Kardashian gets killed in the movie, so. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, that's enough for people to go see that. <laughs> so, hey, all right. Um, okay, I did want to bring this up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to live musical performances on network television. <laughs> I was not aware of this till about three weeks ago, but uh, depending on when you listen to this, uh, this Sunday, the 20th of March, Fox will have another live musical performance, and it is Tyler Perry's The Passion. (laughs) Yes, the story of Jesus in New Orleans... With all your favorites, like Trisha Yearwood and Chris Daughtry. And Theo. Yep. Theo is playing Pontius Pilate. Spoiler alert, Jesus dies. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Two hours. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... I, it, just, it, it, it just looks so weird. I was, at first, I was like, okay... It's Easter time. I get it. Yeah, I, I I totally understand. And then when they were like, yes, but we updated the setting to New Orleans. I'm like, how do you? It, it, okay. Now all I'm gonna say is, if it does not rain in New Orleans during this presentation tomorrow, like it did for Greece, there is something wrong. I'm trying to, like, wrap my head around it. And to be fair, though, I'm not a Tyler Perry fan in general, so naturally if he's involved, I'm going to knock it anyways. Actually, let me check the weather for what it's going to be for that that event. I'm not even going to call it a special. It's an event. Uh, Crap, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, all right, here we go. Here we go, New Orleans. All right, uh, let's see. New Orleans tomorrow. Uh, sunny skies with gusty winds developing later in the day, high 63. And then tomorrow night, clear skies, low of 46. 
Anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Because Fox, just stay out of the musical theater business. Thank you. Yeah. But also, um, I just thought of another note to add. Um, we had talked about, I think it was last month or the month before, about ABC's monstrosity of... Oh, Dirty Dancing. However, they have made a casting decision that I actually agree with, so kudos. And they have cast as... I don't know if any of you have seen Dirty Dancing, but um, the lead character, Baby, has a really whiny, stuck-up, sort of bratty older sister named Lisa. Mm-hmm. And they have cast Sarah Hyland, who plays Haley on Modern Family, to play Lisa. Beautiful choice. That makes sense. Beautiful choice. So, good job. Yes. Good, because I, I, I love her, but just listen to her talk sometimes, and yeah. She's really good. She, yeah, God bless her. I have nothing <laughs> to complain about, so you're staring me in the right direction, ABC. Okay. As far as me possibly watching that. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to watch it also because I read that they, they put out an ad. Um, a uh, You know how, like, usually when these films shoot on location, they put out an ad. Oh, like, yeah, for extras. So they put out an ad saying that they um, want period cars for the film. However, the date they gave, the later, the they gave like a range of dates, and they had, and the end of the range of dates was 1975. So that made me concerned. Like, are they going to update the time period or something? Like, right. Because the movie itself takes place in the summer of 1962, over just a few months. It's not like a long, drawn out timeline. It's just a few months in the summer of 1962. So I'm curious to see. Well. Are they updating the plot to the 70s, or what are they going to do? There's that possibility. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to tune in just to see, you know, what they're going to do with it. I don't know. I've never actually seen the musical version of Dirty Dancing. I have no idea what the song sound like or anything. So. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that they had a musical version on Broadway, so... Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, they make Broadway adaptations of, the, of a lot of these motion pictures that don't really do... Or they sort of sneak past. So the networks are so desperate because, like, when they started with these live musical theater things, they did legitimate stuff. Like, they did Sound of Music, Louis, you know, stuff that we knew was a musical. Right. But now they're, like, grasping at straws because they've run out of stuff. So they're like, oh, no. You really think they've run out of stuff? Well, no, no. We're not run out of stuff, but, like, run out of, you know, they're like, oh, well, what, what's something that we could do to make it all hip and look like? So um, NBC announced they were doing Hairspray, which... Right. Hairspray, actually, I think more people forget that it didn't originate as a musical, but nonetheless. Um, so... ABC was like, well, let's counteract that with Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Well, I had something. Oh, maybe. Wait a minute. Might have it back now. Hold on. Uh, my, my computer's being a little bit slow lately, so. Because mm. um, I, I, I do have something that we're going to do next. Um, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll just... Oh, no, you know, I'm just going to 
do this anyway. Um, so, recently, uh, what I mean by recently, I mean last week. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I am certain that Danielle does not watch this anymore. I know I do not watch it anymore. But the Kids' Choice Awards <laughs> took place uh, last week in Brooklyn. What? Yes. Why? Why Brooklyn? Uh, yeah. And it was hosted by Blake Shelton. Because, as you know, Brooklyn and Blake Shelton. They were in Florida. Oh, this was in Florida? No, 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 no. When we were kids. Oh, yeah. It was in, but I mean, the Nickelodeon studios have since been demolished, but that's not the point. Nickelodeon, I think, I think maybe Double Dare made a tape there in, years ago, but that's about it. I can't really think of much, at least growing up. I'm very surprised. But I was also surprised. That sure, we'll discuss another day. Uh-huh. How, like, I think this year they're in April, when usually they were in uh, June. Okay. Yeah, I remember. So, here is what we're going to do. I have in front of me, believe it or not, the results from the very first Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, goodness. Uh, now I, I tried to find the video. I, we weren't going to review it. I just was trying to find the video to see if it was there. Yeah. Um, it was not there. Uh, except like the opening, which was totally different from what it would be today. Right. Okay. So the event was held on April 18, 1988. Mm-hmm. The location, you, if, if I had told you to guess, you would have never gotten it. So I'm going to save you that. Okay. Candlestick Park. Really? Which, for those who don't know, is an old sports stadium in San Francisco. Huh. So, there goes that whole thing about, oh, it was in Florida every year. This was in Candlestick Park in California, in wow. San Francisco. Um, so for this first one, they had multiple hosts, which they've done in the past. Listen to this rogue gallery of hosts for this show. And this is in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Tony Danza. Okay. Debbie Gibson. Okay. Brian Robbins. And Dan Schneider. Okay. Hold on a second. Um, Do we want to look up who Brian Robbins is? That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I have no... Because the others make perfect sense. Right. Because um, I don't know if those of you who... No, but um, Dan Schneider, he's currently a producer, creator of several Nickelodeon shows that I roll my eyes at. But in 1988, he was part of the cast of, Head of the, the sitcom Head of the Class, so it makes no sense there. Um, let's see. Uh, Brian Robbins. 
Oh, he was one head of the class, too. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Um, the musical performances for the first annual Kids' Choice Awards. Well, Debbie Gibson, obviously. Yeah. She sang Shake Your Love. Oh, yeah. And Out of the Blue. Oh, yeah. And the Fat Boys with Wipeout. You had to get a rap act. And they and this was a cover of the famous Wipeout song. Yep. I did not know they did a cover of that. I didn't either, but I know who the Fat Boys are, though. Uh, stunts that took place during this first annual show. Mackenzie Aston took a blindfold ice cream challenge on his face. Ooh. And Will Wheaton. Did the head-to-head -head giant beach ball challenge. Oh, wow. And the only celebrity that got slimed was Les Sly. Les Sly? Yes. L-E-S-L-Y-E. L-Y-E. No, no. L-E-S-L-Y-E. Okay. He was on the old... Um, in fact, this show so old that it was already off Nickelodeon by the time I was old enough to really start watching it. But he was on You Can't Do That on television. So. All right. All right. That makes sense. So now we're going to do the fun part. Okay. Um, now, before we do it, I'm going to give you the option. Of yeah. this list, do you okay. want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, bottom to top. Bottom to top. Yeah. Okay. So the game that we're going to play, Danielle is going to guess the winners from each category from the following nominees, and you only get one guess per category. Guess the won? winner. Okay. Some will be easy. Some will be hard. Some will actually surprise you. Okay. All right. So you ready? Yep. The first category we're going to do. Favorite cartoon. In the glory days of the 80s, these three were the nominees. Mm -hmm. The Smurfs, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and DuckTales. Who won? And you remember, you only get one guess. Yeah. Teen, all right, you said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, DuckTales, The Smurfs. Mm hmm Okay, out of those three? Out of those three. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 this is tough. This is really tough because they both would have made... I'm going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you would be correct. Yeah. I was torn between that and DuckTales. The Smurfs, I don't think, were nearly as... They might have been. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, like, two years old, so... can't really... All right. have to go by what I've read more so than what I actually remember. <laughs> right. Okay. Next category. Favorite song. Favorite song. The nominees were... 
Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, mm-hmm. Janet Jackson, Control, and Los Lobos, La Bamba. I'm gonna have to go with the one to dance with somebody. And oh, who was it? The winner was La Bamba. That was my other choice. Los Lobos. That was my other choice. I don't think I can't imagine a bunch of kids. Well, I don't know. I wasn't. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, La Bamba makes sense. I, it was. <laughs> All right. So you're one for two. Okay. Next category. Favorite female vocalist. The nominees were Janet Jackson, Madonna, and the Bangles. I gotta go with Madonna. Very good. You are correct. Yeah. All right. So you got two so far. You're doing pretty good. Yeah. All right. Next one. Favorite male vocalist. The nominees were, and I kid you not with this group, Bon Jovi, the Fat Boys, and the Monkees. Bon Jovi, the Fat Boys, and the Monkees. Yes, the Monkees were somehow nominated. Yeah, okay. Well, the Monkey. Oh, this is tough. I, I do know that the Monkees experienced a bit of a resurgence in the late 80s. Um, I don't know why exactly. I think their show's being rerun and they, they toured again or something, but... I do remember, and I saw, um, what was it, um, the, I, I saw they had given away monkeys tickets as a prize on one of the game shows, but, um, oh, this is tough, this is tough, that way. That's your guess? Yes, I guess. You would be incorrect. The answer Maybe. was Bon Jovi. See, that was so tough. Because I was like, well, well, good choice. The Bon Jovi are cool. Yeah. But you gotta love Bon Jovi. I feel bad that I didn't pick them now because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next category. Mm-hmm. Favorite TV show. Oh boy. This is a tough one. Uh, yeah. The nominees were. <laughs> Growing Pains. Ooh. Alf. And the Cosby Show. Ooh, 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 all the ones I watched. Oh my God. Um, mm, 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 mm. And even if you think of how. The, oh man. Oh man. Ow. Ow. Alf is your guess? Yeah. That's a good guess because you are correct. <laughs> I don't know why the heck I was so nervous. I'm not even winning anything for doing this. But <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> because, okay, this was tough because the only reason I did it by process of elimination was because the Cosby show was near and towards the end of its like peak by then. Mm-hmm. And Growing Pains... Well, no, Growing Pains was still pretty big at the time because it was before Kirk Cameron went through his thing. Yes. And, Which he's still uh, going through. Well, yeah, he still is. But that's a whole... 
Anyway, yes. it, w- it was still pretty popular at the time, but I was like, well, kids like Alf. I had an Alf doll. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next category. Favorite TV actress. Okay. Favorite TV actress. Mm-hmm. The nominees are Anne Sheedon, Alyssa Milano, and Tempest Bledsoe. I gotta go with Alyssa Milano. Very good. You yeah. are correct. <laughs> Um, and applause to those who can actually name who the other two people are. I can. You don't remember Tempest Bledsoe? No, no, I'm saying I can. Oh. Who Tempest Bledsoe is, but I'm saying not everybody would remember off the top of their head who she is. Anne Sheehan, what was she on? Anne Sheehan was the mother on, now I have to Google it, but she was somebody's mother on a sick. Oh, she was on Alf. Yeah, she was Alf's mother. I'm not Alf's mother. Alf's mother. (laughs) Oh, no, I know what you meant. Lynn and Brian's mother on Alf. There you go. I know what you meant. Right. All right. <laughs> now, this next one is going to be hard. Yeah. Favorite TV actor. Okay. Your nominees are... Yep. Michael J. Fox, Bill Cosby, and Kirk Cameron. Oh, man, just Michael J. Fox and Kirk Cameron alone is tough to think. I'm going to say Kirk Cameron. No, it was Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. And believe it or not, when uh, waiting to hear the winner of that category, I heard that Michael J. Fox was shaking in his pants. I believe that. Oh. Burp. You missed the joke there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I what you were saying. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Okay. Now we're going to get into your least favorite topic, sports, for the next couple of categories. <sighs> yeah, this is going to be me just randomly picking a name. <laughs> All right. Favorite female athlete. The nominees were Christy Phillips, Chris Everett, and Debbie Thomas. Chris Everett. What was the guess? Chris Everett. No, it was Debbie Thomas. This is also called Pick the One I've Heard Of. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Debbie Thomas was an Olympic uh, figure skater. I'm, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah. She won the bronze in the singles at the 88th Winter Olympics. For the United States. I just know Chris Everett is a tennis player. Yeah. That's the only person. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go, okay. and I'm going to say this right now. If you get this next one, I might drop to the floor. <laughs> Favorite male athlete. Or you could call this, one of these things is not like the other award. Okay. Favorite male athlete. The nominees were Michael Jordan, Hulk Hogan, and Walter Payton. What? Who won this award? Well, gee, I don't know. It's so suspenseful. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say my. <laughs> I thought 
what you were just saying. All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to be honest with you. The first time I ever heard that Hulk Hogan actually won this award. Um, and, and our wrestling listeners might know where I'm going with this. Back when on cable they used to have an on-demand channel. Right. WWE would air, or they would air this old show called Primetime Wrestling. And they would do like an update segment every week. Uh-huh. Well, there was one week where they mentioned Hulk Hogan won the Kids' Choice Awards for favorite male athlete. And I'm like, what? So yes, this is true. Hulk Hogan won the award over Michael Jordan and Walter Payton. I, you know, I, I can't really say much. It's 1988. And these kids mailed this in. Because this was before the internet, so that's how they used to do the, ba well, that's how they did the Bowser Teen Choice Awards. You got them off the magazine, you mailed it in, so. What uh, in, no offense to wrestling fans. Right. You know, I, it's not that I do not think that he is a good wrestler. Well, I, but come on now. I, I bet the 18 to 35 demographic at that time stuffed the ballot with Hulk Hogan as their choice. <laughs> See, that's what's funny about the Kids' Choice Awards sometimes is that they, they have stuff that's nominated that you're thinking, like, what kid? Like, I remember when I was younger, Austin Powers, one of the Austin Powers movies got nominated, but they couldn't say the title. Oh, the spy who shagged me? The spy me? who shagged me. They just kept saying, Austin Powers, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yep. Hulk Hogan, first winner of favorite male athlete at the Kids' Choice Awards. Mm -hmm. All right. Next category. Favorite sports team. Okay. Uh, this is a very broad range here. The nominees were the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Pistons, and the Francisco Giants. Those three years later. But... Although, to be fair, now that I'm thinking about it, you have the show at Candlestick Park. I, I would think that maybe the Giants would have won it because it's in Candlestick Park. Right. But that's good. That shows it wasn't rigged. Right. All right. Now to our last set of categories. The movies. Alright. Uh, with favorite movie. Favorite movie. Okay. The nominees are La Bamba, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, God. It's quite a range. <laughs> I the funny thing is, you don't really think of these as kids' movies. Um, right. Yeah. Well, Adventures in Babysitting, I can see why they might think it is. But, uh, um, oh. Adventures in Babysitting? Nope. It was Lavando, wasn't it? Beverly Hills Cop 2. Ah. Okay. Probably because they thought Eddie Murphy was cool. 
<laughs> See, I'm like one of the only white people you'll ever know that could do an Eddie Murphy laugh. And I bet you none of these kids actually saw La Bamba. They just like the song. Because <laughs> it's a very sad movie. Like, Spoiler alert, people die. Right. <laughs> if you know who Richie Valens is. Right. Then you would obviously know that it is a sad movie. <laughs> for several reasons. Yes. So there you go. All right. Next category. Favorite movie actress. Okay. The nominees are Shelley Long, Elizabeth Shue, and Whoopi Goldberg. I don't want to say Shelley Long. No, it was Whoopi Goldberg. What was she in? Uh, that's a good question. So we said 87. Or, well, 88, but they're doing 87. Oh, <clears throat> oh well, then I, sh I guess Long. Okay, that's... Um, see, I guess Shelley Long, because I thought of Troop Beverly Hills, but then I realized that was made a year later, so... Um, okay, the only movies she was in in 87 was Burglar and Fatal Beauty. Why? Okay. See, now this is just a good example of how when, you know, you could let your kids watch certain things and nobody would get upset and people would just, now they're just so picky. It's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, Shelley Long was in Outrageous Fortune and Hello Again, which aren't things that, you know, kids would want to see, but seriously. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Last one. You can redeem yourself in this category because you've got at least one right in every category. Okay. Favorite movie actor. This is the one you can redeem yourself with. Okay. The nominees are Arnold Schwarzenegger, Eddie Murphy, and Patrick Swayze. I gotta go with Eddie Murphy. You are correct. Yeah. Very good. So let's see. You got one, two, three, four, five, six. Right. Six out of thirteen. So that's almost half. So that you did pretty good. Oh yeah. I think so. And we'll probably do this again next year. <laughs> yeah, because we're not going to do another one today. Maybe next year. Yeah. We'll make it, or we'll have one for next year. And I'm looking at these choices, and you wouldn't believe yeah. some of these choices for next year. <laughs> All right. Now, let's get into Fuller House. <laughs> um, now, before I read the grade that Entertainment Weekly gave oh, God. House. I'm, like, avoiding all the reviews right now because I'm just so, like... Well, I, I could tell you, um, the day that it, when it popped up on Facebook... I saw a mixture of reviews. I did, too. I saw some that enjoyed it. 
I saw some that wanted to kill it. To be fair, though, what I'm going to say, though, is that if you haven't watched it, I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, do not judge it based on the first episode. I'd agree with that. Don't. The first episode, it, it has its funny moments, and they do overkill on the jokes, and the, but that's not the whole show. Right. Okay, so don't don't base it off of that. And, and we're going to get in-depth on that first episode right. in that, a couple of minutes. All right. Just don't judge it based off of that. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So, um, Amy Wilkinson, um, I don't know if you want me to read the article or just tell you the grades she gave. Well, yeah, just tell us the grades. All right. For the premiere episode, she gave it an F. I can understand. Slightly. Which I'm going to disagree with, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. Okay. After that first episode, from episode two all the way to the end of the season, she gave it a C minus. And the show has been renewed for a second season. Two days after it premiered. Yes. So, <laughs> they must be doing something right. That, I mean, can you name any shows that have ever had that happen? <laughs> well, not... Well... Yeah, I know. <laughs> Although, to be fair, The Big Bang Theory, they did so well, they picked it up for three more seasons at one point. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's that. But <laughs> uh, Alright, so let's talk about this first episode. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, I surprisingly, because I, I wasn't sure how I was feel I was going to feel about this. I surprisingly enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> I loved every minute of that first episode. And you could go so many different ways why. Um, it, I, I guess for me, and I don't know if this is how you felt, or if this is how other people felt, I felt the show matured from when it aired the first time around. It did. To me. It certainly did. Because, yes, you know, when it first aired, you were going to have your kids' jokes, obviously. And there wasn't a lot of adult humor on there. Not, I mean, not crude adult humor. Right. But there wasn't adult humor in there that much. Um, with this, and actually, I'd say right from the very beginning, like, yeah, it was just good. And the th thing, and obviously, if you watch it, you're going to all notice, like, the ovation that every single person gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was set up well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that Michelle joke in the beginning was hilarious. I loved that joke. Yeah. There's one they do later on, which we'll probably get to, that I like better, but yeah. And it, and it, and it like, they're all staring at the camera. It was so hilarious. Like, it was just perfect. Um... 
I I like the kids. I yeah, I like the kids too. I like the kids. I, I never. Some people said that they felt like DJ's middle child was going a little overboard trying to be like Mini Danny, but I no. I thought that no, kids, that was cute. They did a good job. I like them. <laughs> um, although. If I had a complaint, which I, I actually do what I'm about to say here. Right. I thought DJ got Danny big time from yeah. the last... Like, if you remember that last episode where she's a senior, she's about to graduate, she's going to go to the prom, she's not all that worried... Yeah. And then you come right back around 20 years later, and she's like the female Danny Tanner. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happened with DJ besides, you know, what they say in the story? That's what I'm thinking. That's why she turned her, it turned her into that. Because they always say, like, you never know until you have kids, you know, and you find yourself acting like your parents. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what they're trying to do. That, I didn't have much of a problem with that. The one thing that I had a problem with, it did get, it does get a little cheesy at times. It was, I, I thought the dance number was a bit much. Oh, the, oh, you mean with the new kids? Yeah, I thought that was a bit where, where the Where the ladies were dancing and choreography and the boys yeah, were just that, goofing that, off. Like, that was a bit much. But the one thing I had an issue with is, as much of a big deal as they made out of Danny being remarried and his wife got like one or two lines and that was it. And then you like didn't see her interact with anybody else. And it's like, okay, we spent this whole show like eight years, him being a widower and all this stuff. And he finally gets remarried and it's like, oh, she's just there. Yeah. You know? So that kind of bugged me, but I can understand. You know, you can't get everybody in at once. So hopefully next season they'll address that a little bit more. But right. Like, you're, you're not going to be able, right yeah. off the bat, to develop like, I, a story. So read an interview with Dave Poulier that said Joey has a wife and kids, but they couldn't figure out how to work them in, so they're going to work them in next season. So. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Because, like, I watched, um, and as you people know or don't know, I am a slow watcher yeah. of shows on Netflix. And what I mean by that is it takes me forever to get through a complete season <laughs> on Netflix or Hulu. It does. So I'm on episode three. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, I guess Dave never got married. I guess Dave never had kids. And now you tell me that they're going to do that? You suck. Jeez. I didn't know you hadn't finished it yet. No! Okay, well then I'm going to hold off some of the other stuff. Well, I mean, I mean, I did read some of, like, the descriptions of other episodes, especially episode six. Well, he comes back, so he comes back a few times, but they don't mention anything really about his life, so that's what he was saying, is that there are, they're going to talk about it next season. So they're going to develop an arc. They're going to develop it a little bit more. Right, okay. So, they're, you know. Um, were you surprised with the occupation that DJ has? A little. I 
wasn't too, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, she did show in um, I remember the earlier episodes how much she loved horses, and um, when she she had a horse that she used to ride in a few episodes, I remember, and um, I think in another one she had a, and you know, the way she was when they first got Comet. You know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't. It doesn't seem too out of the blue for me. I, I didn't really um, think. I, I think they did a good job career-wise with them. I mean, maybe Stephanie's might be a little bit, but it, it worked. You know, but I think they made Stephanie what she was to make it kind of similar to Uncle Jesse. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Can we just say, episode one? That dress. I mean, how could you not notice? That's what everybody, that's what a lot of the negative comments I'm reading are about. Oh my God, it's not a family show. I I think somebody created a Twitter account of her boobs. And oh my God, look at her boobs. And and I'm like, oh my God, shut up. (laughs) Act your age, David. Really? I I'm going to look for this right now. It's on It's on Netflix. It's not on the Disney Channel. They can do whatever. They're on Netflix. Okay? It is not the worst possible thing your kids can watch on Netflix, I might add. So, yeah. That's the problem. People don't realize that older sitcoms, they would have jokes for the kids and jokes for the adults, and that's just how they were. But now, nowadays, everything is subdivided and rated. and <laughs> So, they're acting like, yeah, the original was squeaky clean, but they had adult jokes in there, too. You just didn't notice them because you're a kid. So, um, but, in fact, I think, and I, I know I'm going to get hell for saying this, they did a better job than Girl Meets World was doing right now. Wow. I'm just going to say that. Because they're on Netflix. By virtue of being on Netflix... They're able to get away with a little bit more. They get away with more. Plus, Girl Meets World's biggest issue right now is their scheduling. They're on Disney Channel, so they're subject to cable scheduling, which means like you get like one new episode a month or two, you know, mm-hmm. or there'll be like three here and then there'll be a huge hiatus and then there'll be three more and, and they air out of order sometimes or there was one that they held over a season to fit the theme of the like Disney block of programming or whatever. Okay. So, um, it, whereas on Netflix, you get it all at once. You, it's all in order. You don't have to worry about, oh, was this aired, was this shot before the previous one? How come this doesn't make any sense? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, now what do we think about Kimmy Gibbler's ex? Do you like okay, the character? Like you don't like him? You think he's too cheesy? I, I, uh, you're only on episode three, so I can't explain to you. Does he get cheesier? No, I don't mind him being cheesy. He's actually kind of funny. I just... Like I said, you're not as far ahead, so I can't tell you <laughs> why. I, I like him and I don't like him. Okay. He, he's, he's funny, though. The actor who plays him was on Dallas, the new Dallas. Right. And I couldn't stick him on there, so it's kind of funny. And he played that character 
or a version of that character on Dallas, except he played it straight and completely serious. I've seen him doing it. This kind of extreme version of it actually is kind of funny. No. He, oh, go ahead. Because he was that on Dallas. He was like, Mr. I am machismo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, would you say, and this is something that I've noticed mm-hmm. with the first three anyway. Do the episodes get better? Because I, I think they've gotten better. They do. After they do. every episode. I agree. There are, there are a few things, as is on the original show, that will make you roll your eyes and you'll be like, oh, God. But then you have to remember, well, they have to put something cheesy in here, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't be Full House otherwise. Right. So, yeah, there there is stuff that'll, you know, you'll see a few things that'll make you go, well, this is a little bit ridiculous. But for the most part, they... It, 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 it's a good show. It's a good show. Um, it's kind of, it's as though you never, they never went off the air, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you just, it, um, in fact, when Dallas came back a few years ago, Patrick Duffy, he put this, I think the best way you can say it is, it's like you forgot what channel they were on and you just tuned back in. Yeah. That's what it is. And they did the um they did a great job um the cameos by the cast members or you know there's one i wish they could have done a little better but for the most part they're funny john stamos cracks me up like (laughs) if you when when he um i I can't remember if you're on an episode where he 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 makes a few cameos again and he's just (laughs) yeah because like right now like the last episode i saw uncle joey came to watch the kids yeah and that was a good story there too. Yeah, that's the point. They they show you how life has kind of changed since they were like, because the whole premise is that Uncle Joey comes to watch the kids while the girls go out for the night, and he's confused because all they're doing is up in their room on their tablets and all their cell phones, and he's like, well, "What happened? You know, you kids when they were younger, they run around and we do go. It's a very it's it's a good um I. I love it. Um, they do have morals, and what I really appreciate is they drop the music. God bless them. <laughs> it, it, it gets a little weird though because you're like, oh, they're having a serious talk. right. And it's like, where's the music? There's no music. Oh, especially that first episode when DJ was talking to Tommy. I was yeah. like, I was waiting for the music. I was like, okay, where's the music? They have a joke about it later on. I'm okay. not gonna <clears throat> name. All right. But they had a joke about it, and somebody in the group, I'm in the um, Fuller House discussion group on Facebook, and they were like, well, I don't remember. And they made a joke about the violins coming out. They're like, I don't remember violin music on Fuller House. It was on every week. And everybody's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) In fact, if you go to TV Tropes, it's called Full House Music. Yeah. It's called, like... There were several other shows that did it, and there were several shows that did it years before. Like, Happy Days did it, like, ten years earlier, which most people don't realize. But it, it, it Full House is the main show, if you think about, that did it. And, um, I, yeah. I, um, I really, just, the mere fact that Kimmy Gibbler's a mother made me want to tune in. Like, I was like, how in the world... And then you see her daughter, and 
she's also matured a yes. lot. She's still goofy, but you could see how she has a daughter. Mm-hmm. And you can see her trying to be a parent, and it actually works. It's not just, oh, we're going to see a bunch of weird, ridiculous, random things. It's her being goofy, but her being a mother of a teenager, and then her teenager reacting to the fact that, oh, that's my mother. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's an episode you'll see later on about that. But, you'll, yeah. I, I will say, though, with the third episode, which was the last episode I right. watched, I'm not trying to sound sexist here, but my God, when DJ and Kimmy were dancing together to Dirty Dancing, yeah, that just, I was like, oh my God. You know, like, oh. The Girls' Night Out episode, and in fact, Bill messaged me about this. Yes. The main, is, is Bill um, was watching the Girls' Night Out episode, and he messaged me, he's like, the best they could do was Macy Gray. <laughs> no, I no. What I asked you was, is Macy Gray the biggest guest celebrity they get this season? It isn't. Well, depending on what you follow, it isn't. Let's just say that. Okay. I just thought it was weird because now if they had made this episode like 15 years ago, it would be different. But like Macy Gray isn't really like if I ran into went to a club, I was like, oh my god, it's Macy Gray. No. Because I don't really think she's done anything recently. Not that I know of. Yeah, like, now when this was, when I was in high school, Macy Gray was all over the radio. Yeah, you know, them freaking out like, oh my god, I know Macy Gray. No. No. Not like, and this is something that I noticed, even back when Full House was around, was like, the guest celebrities they would have would be past their prime to a degree. Very true. Very I, true. Um, I would say the exception would probably be the Beach Boys. Very true, too. Because, I, I, okay, let's think. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, yeah, at the time he guest starred was. Yeah. Right. Mickey Rooney. Uh, well, uh, maybe not Mickey Rooney. Frankie and Annette. Yeah. Actually, no, because at that time they had done the beach party reunion movies, and they would have done more if she hadn't gotten sick. So maybe not. Um. Uh, oh gosh. I'm trying to think of who else. Who Who was that young boy singer that appeared at Stephanie? He wasn't that famous. Okay, so that wasn't that big. That he would have been. He didn't take off like they thought he would. Okay. Well. But, I, okay. Kirk Cameron. Now, Kirk Cameron's an exception to the rule. Because he was popular at that time. To be fair, if his sister wasn't on there, they probably wouldn't have gotten him. That's true. That's very it's true. It's like the Beach Boys. If John Stamos didn't know them, they probably wouldn't have gotten him. Um, they had... Oh my God, I'm trying to think who else was. Little Richard. Yeah, okay. Now, okay, for that argument, though, he did have a hit song at that time. And he was doing commercials, so people knew who he was. Yeah. Because he had the Itsy Bitsy Spider song, which only Little Richard could make it to a hit. Right. And he was doing, um, he was, yeah, he, he was doing a commercial for something at that time. Right. I remember. So. Uh, let's see. Now, Marsha Wallace was on there, but, but she wasn't a guest. She was like a. She was a recurring character. character. Yeah. Um. Uh. 
Ben Stein was on there on an episode. Ooh, no, Vanna White was probably the biggest one they had. Oh, they, yeah. Okay, and Vanna was still popular at that time. Vanna White was still really popular at that time. Okay. And Suzanne Summers was on there. She was. Yes, she was. Wasn't she hooking up with Steve on that episode? Sort of. <laughs> so, um, Scott Bale was really popular at the time. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about Scott Bale. Yeah. Golly. Because um, if you watch the episode, he gets started, and the whole audience, like, scolding, like, oh, my God, it's Scott Bale. Because he was still doing Charles and Charge. So, yeah, he was pretty. Um, who else? Uh, uh, remember the time Kiss was on? No, that didn't happen. Yeah, that <laughs> Urkel. Oh, yeah, Urkel. Ur that's kind of different because it was a crossover. Well, but still, but I still, sort of count. Like, yeah, that was, that was weird. That was really, really weird. <laughs> um... Mm, oh know, my gosh! I was gonna say Mark Lynn Baker, but his show had already been off the air, so eh, yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm pretty sure me saying his name, you wouldn't know who he was. No, I do. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, but um, uh, Doris Roberts played their grandmother, but that was. But she did get a good ovation. Yeah. So I, but I wouldn't consider her like huge at. the I really think she, more people would know her from everybody who's raising now than they would from. All like, right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out who else but was. But there is a person who was on there that is famous towards the end, although I didn't know who he was, and I had to check to see if he was, in fact, a real person. <laughs> so, um, and I would just say that. Do you have the name? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me check. Yes. He, his name is Hunter Pence. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yes. What was he on? He isn't on any, he's on the San Francisco Giants. Oh, you mean this season? Yes. Oh, God, that's, well, uh, I'll, I'll debate that one later if he's bigger than See, this. Okay. If you I'll, follow baseball. I'll debate that one later. He, uh, <coughs> he's pretty big. Now, when I watch the wrestling episode and try to figure out who the wrestlers were, then I'll figure out if they were bigger than Macy Gray. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of the wrestling. That, that, that actually, you know what, I'm going to say it right now, since we mentioned Urkel was a crossover. Yeah. That will be a future episode of that wrestling show where I review that episode oh, of Fuller House. Yeah. So, that'll be fun. But yeah, he... Hunter Pence from the San Francisco Giants is on Fuller House, and because I don't follow baseball, well, I do. I like follow our team, but I don't but really not know. as much as like I do. Right. So I had to look up. I was like, oh, he is a real baseball player, and they actually. I'm not giving really the plot away, but they shot an episode at an actual San Francisco Giants game. Oh, so okay, so they were at AT and T Park. So okay. you'll see a little. Oh, I hope they go into McCovey Cove. Oh, I hope they go in the water. Um. So later on in the season, they're actually at the game. And you can tell by watching it. Um, Sweet. And the other thing I want to comment on. I'm trying to think of something I can comment on that isn't a spoiler. Because um, I watched it. Um, you watched it in one day. Well, sort of. See, 
I, I am a binge watcher. I binge watch when Arrested Development came on the Netflix. I binge watched the whole season in one afternoon. Um, I, um, but what had happened with Fuller House was it had premiered. Um, I, I, and then I got too tired the next day, so I watched the last three episodes the following Sunday. But I, after about six or seven episodes, you're like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, actually, I have in front of me. Uh, this is newsworthy. No, yeah. no other show or media is going to tell you this except me. Uh huh. This is brand new. I have a list of potential shows that are being brought back and their titles. Oh. So this is an exclusive. Ooh. So, and this is from uh, the TGIF uh, lineup from back in the day. <laughs> so here are some of the shows that you're thinking about bringing back. Uh, step by step, you're thinking about bringing that back. They're going to call it Step by Step by Step. Uh, uh, family Matters, uh, they're going to bring that back possibly as Family Matters. Uh, Perfect Strangers, uh, they're going to call that Even Perfect Strangers. Um, Hanging with Mr. Cooper will be referred to as Sitting with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Uh, Charles in Charge will be known as Charles' grandson in charge. And, uh, that's all of them. Okay. Well, um, also speaking on, um, serious, uh, this is, um, actually not a joke, surprisingly, but... The um the cast of Good Times, I don't know if I, any of you have heard of the show Good Times, has decided that in the wake of all these revivals no. re, that they have put together a Kickstarter campaign to try to get a movie made. A movie? A movie. Because I guess they figured the cast... Uh, okay, I thought you were going to say they're going to come back on television. I, was that... That would have made more sense, but... <laughs> They feel like they are beyond that. <laughs> okay, so... Yes. All right. <laughs> um, first off, the dad, or the character of the dad, is dead. That's what's weird, is that the, the dad was killed off on the show... Because he wanted a bigger has, paycheck. Yeah, he's still alive in real life, but... But the mom... Is alive on the show, but she's dead did, in real life, so how in the world... And the dad, and the actor who plays the dad is trying is helping with the Kickstarter. Oh like, my god! And I'm like, well, what did you? Maybe he comes back as a ghost. Yeah, like how in the world? Oh, they didn't make it. How how close were they? Their their goal was one million dollars, and they only got eight thousand. Ah! <laughs> ah! I love. Okay, let's, let me clarify. I have nothing against Good Times. I watched the show. I get it. It was, you know, but it's been 40. Even my mother who watched it was like, they're old. It's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's been 40 years. 40, like, 
come on now. 40 years. I wonder I wonder if we'll get a Kickstarter to bring all in the family back. 40 <laughs> years. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think Rob Reiner. <laughs> Rob Reiner doesn't mind talking about it, but I don't. He even joked. He said it's going to say meathead on my gravestone probably because everything. Oh, man. I just was like, how in the world they said, um, they, <laughs> oh my God, I was just like, so stunned that it was, um, John Amos, um, who played their father, right. Jeanette Dubois, who played their neighbor, and then the three actors who played the kids, and it's like... So Jimmy Walker is not... Jimmy Walker is one of them, yes. Okay. Was behind it, and then the actor who played... The actors who played his brother and sister. Were, uh, and I love John Amos. John Amos starred in one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies all time, Coming to America. Right. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, and he was in... Um, he also played Will Smith's father, Will, um, potential father-in-law in The Fresh Prince for a few episodes, if anybody remembers that. Right. And he's done a few other things, too. He's a very funny guy. Um, it's just, it, 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 it'll be weird. I, I always am eager to see reunions and what happened to characters, but that one, it's just been so long. Yeah, like, I don't need. And all are our good times movies. And and then it's tough when actors who started it go on to do other things like Janet Jackson. Jackson. Like Janet Jackson played um, their neighbor's daughter. You know she's not coming back. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, Fuller House, they looked out in that they got everybody but the Olsen twins back. So, and that, I think, is successful. And, and oh, also, another note I want to add, they're fine without them. Yeah. They are, I, you know, if they want to bring them back for, get one of them back to make a quick appearance, fine. But they are fine without them. Oh, gosh, yeah. They, it's, half the time I forgot they even had another one because... It, they they're doing just fine, and I think it's also due to the fact that the cast kept in touch apart what? from them. Yeah, throughout the years. So when they act like they're genuinely happy to see each other or they're hanging out and stuff, you it it's looks true. natural. It's true. Like they all get along. Whereas if one of the Olsen twins had come on and done it, it would have looked like you know that awkwardness where you have a cousin you haven't seen in ten years. Right. <laughs> So I, I don't think it would have worked. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah. That's our thoughts on Fuller House. Pretty much, Danielle and I like it. Uh, we're glad that they're going to have a season two. Mm -hmm. I will probably be done with the first season by the time season two begins. So. Well, yeah, you won't have to wait impatiently like the rest of us. See, you're... Well, now, well, now actually, real quick, those huh? episodes are like, what, 25 minutes long? Yeah. Oh, I'd probably get it done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, um, Jeff Franklin, the creator, has posted that they will. Um, they are currently in talks about what they're going to do for season two, and they hope to begin begin filming it in May. So. All right. 
they're getting it off. And if we get any updates or news, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Yep. All right. Uh, I think we've been avoiding this long enough. Uh-huh. I think we got to talk about our St. Patrick's Day story that you promised last month, um, which I'm fine with. I don't mind talking about it. I don't this. mind talking about it either. It's actually probably going to sound really, it might sound dull to some because they'll be like, well, you built it up. We thought something really, it's not, it's just the story of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and and if Danielle misses anything or says something wrong, I'll chip in. And, okay. So. All right. Well, um, we first I have to preface, preface, paraphrase, par- whatever. Right. This story with what happened the previous St. Patrick's Day before we talk. All right. We're not going to mention names on this. No, we are not mentioning this. All right. Bill and I were in college. I was about let's say. 19 or 20. Um, so the previous St. Patrick's Day, um, my friend was like, all the other holidays have been claimed by couples, so we're going to go out, we're girls, and go out on St. Patrick's Day and reclaim the holiday. <laughs> because as single people, so that's what we did. All right. So the following, we were so cool, and my one friend had gotten dumped the week before was kind of mopey but we were fine so we're like yeah and we're gonna do this next year well what happened was next year we all had boyfriends so and i was one of them and bill was one of he wasn't mine he was my friend's right boyfriend and um so we're like oh yes so we decided we were going to get together and have st patrick's day <laughs> dinner with our boyfriends and make it this big thing because all of our friends just happened to have boyfriends at that time well we were um my friend i was staying at my friend's house and um i can't we had won tickets um movie tickets at a some game at our college they, our college wasn't that far from movie theater, so no it wasn't i, I know movie, yeah free movie passes to things so we were like, hey, why don't we go to the movies before we go out to dinner? Okay. So we... And we could have chosen, or you guys could have chosen any movie. Like any could hot, popular movie at the time. We, we certainly could have. Um, and then, to top it off, my friend's mother was supposed to go to um, her um, aunt's for the weekend or something, but... There was, like, this really, really bad, like, snow, rain, sleet mix, which ironically is happening outside now, storm the day before. So my friend felt bad for her, so she invited her mother to come with us to the movies with her boyfriends. Yep. So (laughs) you just imagine somebody's mother, like, sitting behind you while you're with your boyfriend. But anyways, we couldn't find a movie, um... That was like I think like the movie we wanted to see was Music and Lyrics, which was sold out. Right. Which was a Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore. Which I would have been fine with. It's a good date movie. So, I would have been fine with. So instead, we saw Amazing Grace. Yes, that is a real movie, folks. <laughs> we saw Amazing Grace, which is probably um 
what I thought it was was the story about how somebody wrote the song Amazing Grace. That's what I thought it was, too. Which, on its own, sounds like a boring plot. But, but I was like, well, we got free tickets. <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to complain. But it was a really awkward film about slavery and just so much stuff that you don't really want to watch on a date here i can i can pull up the description my boyfriend at the time loved it because he is he loves historical films so he was just like oh this is like yeah it's slavery though so we really shouldn't get excited about this but okay yeah. So it was kind of like watching a really badly done documentary. Yeah, here, here's, the, here's basically what IMDb has it as the description. Mm-hmm. The idealist William Wilberforce maneuvers his way through Parliament, endeavoring to end the British transatlantic slave trade. It was... Yeah, it, it, was, it was a weird kind of... <laughs> I, I mean, it was educational. I'm not going to say... But it's not really something I would have paid to watch. It's something I would have probably watched on the History Channel for free. Even though we were watching it for free because we got free tickets. But now, it, I, it, was, it, was, it was just weird. I'm going to tell you, the only thing I remember about that movie was the last scene where they're playing Amazing Grace in bag, is, on Bagpipe. Which is probably the only part of that movie where that song is even mentioned. Exactly. So, false advertising. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so... I we, we survived that one. We did. And then we went to the restaurant, and I don't think anything really bad happened before. I don't remember... No, not... Well, I do remember that I... I didn't realize it till after the movie. Um, I kept getting texts from somebody who was, you know, asking me about the time of the movie, when or, or when we're going to get to dinner, what time is dinner. Um, so... Yeah, it, yeah, and I mean, it was, it was okay, um, we had dinner at, um, Champs, Champs, yeah, we, there's this great restaurant, it's still there, I think, it's at Columbia Mall, it's called Champs, like, right back, and we had, like, this, I remember we had this long, long table, because there were so many of us. Oh, there was a lot of us. There were a lot of us, um, yeah. And ironically, out of all of those couples that were there, one of them is still together now. And I, I know I was gonna name names, but hi Amanda and Joey. <laughs> hi. They they they're married. They have an adorable little girl. And <laughs> hi, Kermit Froggy. I don't think they're listening to this anyway. But <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna force them to listen to it. I <laughs> Their anniversary is actually next month too. <laughs> So he'll be five years. Five, uh, yes, five years. So <laughs> happy early anniversary. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that happened. That was, I don't really have any other St. Patrick's Day stories, because I think that was, like, the last time I celebrated St. Patrick's Day. And I, I could tell you that twice, um, I went to this place in Columbia. It, it's a local place. I don't know. I, I doubt it's national, but it should be. It's called, it's called Pub Dog. And oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, and Pub Dog is a place where you can take your dog with you, and they will serve your dog a bowl of water while you are out with your friends or family. The thing is, it's got to be outside, not inside. So I went twice to Pub Dog. Yeah. So, and that's over in Columbia as well, so. Yeah. I've, I've been invited a few times, um, because we had a friend, uh, sadly her dog passed, passed away. Yeah. But she used to go every year with her dog, and she'd always say, anybody's welcome to join me to come. Um, yeah, I never have gotten a chance to get down there, though, but it's a very, I'm sure it's a very nice place. Um, I don't really, <laughs> my mom grew up in Boston or near Boston. So she kind of ha has seen like the insanity of what St. Patrick's Day night can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she's always advised me like going out. Um, and, um, <laughs> I remember, um, my, I had a friend who would buy, always buy like St. Patrick's Day outfits every year and get all green. And we went to the mall to go to, um, maybe gone to something or other. And I just remember her mother, her, one of her relatives looking, cause she has shirt on, said, kiss me, I'm Irish. She's like, why are you wearing that? You're not Irish. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Don't ruin the joke. St. Patrick's Day. I know. I, I, I jokingly say, I'm like, I'm not Irish, but hey. <laughs> so yeah. I never bought one of those because my mother would have been like, oh, who are you kidding? Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, it, it, I, even at school, I don't remember us like having like green cupcakes at school or anything. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I, I don't think St. Patrick's Day was made a big deal in school. Yeah. So. I, I just remember, like, maybe, you know, the month of March would have, like, little clovers decorated around it or something like that. Yeah. I I don't really think. Um, and I didn't do anything this year either, so. I, I, well, I stayed home, but. It wasn't because of St. Patrick's Day. It was for something else. Oh, but, right. Um, now, as far as Easter goes, um, I don't have anything really good, but I can tell you uh, for the last X amount of years, uh, I have been designated, quote, as the Easter Bunny. <laughs> so I get to place the eggs around uh, my sister's house. Ah. So, um, hush, hush on that. Um, 
but I, but I can tell you, and Danielle can agree with me to this as well. Good Friday here in Maryland, we get a good storm on. Um. Well, Easter. I um. We haven't celebrated Easter in quite a few years, but um, when I was growing up, though. We didn't do Easter egg hunts. We didn't do that. It just meant you're going to dress up, you're going to go to church, and you're going to go out to lunch afterwards. We do ours a bit differently. Um, we, for the boys, well, now for the boys, uh, we have baskets for them. Mm -hmm. Of course, it used to be us, but you know now we're into the next generation. Um so they get baskets. Um, we usually will have ham for dinner. Mm -hmm. And then potato salad, some kind of vegetable as well. Um, but, of course, now my, my parents are relaxed on holiday eating at the table, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Um, but... That's what we usually do for Easter. Um, although I do have a funny Easter story. Well, it, the only reason why it's a funny Easter story is because it happened on Easter. Okay. Um, um, this was three years ago. Uh-huh. You're not going to remember this, but I'll. Right. for those that are listening, probably will remember. Sometimes. The NCAA tournament happens during Easter. Yeah. Either it ends around Easter or it continues at Easter. Mm-hmm. So we had Louisville and Duke on. That was the game that was being played. And this game is well known because one of the players broke his leg on just the simplest jump. Like, he like was trying to block the shot. He didn't land awkwardly. He jumped, landed, broke his leg. So, as they're showing the replay, and it's the most horrific like injury you will ever see in your life, even if you're not a sports fan. Uh-huh. Um, Michael, who was three at the time, we're watching the replay, uh -huh. and he says out loud, hey, he broke his leg like Uncle Jay, which is my sister-in-law's brother, because I guess that had happened recently, uh -huh. and he just said that so perfectly, out of the blue, like, just... I, I just thought it was funny that he would say it at that time. Sort of one of those, like, you know, kids say the darndest things. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, um, but no, I mean, Easter, Easter's sort of a low-key holiday. Yeah, we, it was big for us because it just meant we had to get dressed up uh, and right. we'd have to go, um... It meant my mother having to go to the store find dresses for us. It also meant um, we having 
uh, we went to religious school when we were kids. So it meant you had to go to, um, we had Easter um, service. Right. We had to go, because um, our spring break, the way schools in the state of Maryland, I'm not sure if your school falls under this, but um, here in the state of Maryland, the public schools, they have their Easter, their spring vacation the week before Easter. Private schools, they have their spring vacation. It starts Good Friday. They have half a day or they're off completely. And then it goes the next week, into the next week. Well, actually, this year, for me, mm -hmm. our spring break starts on Thursday. This coming Thursday. And we go after Easter. That's our spring. Like, we'll start this coming Thursday. Yeah. And in that whole week. Meanwhile, with Michael, his has already started, and it ends on Good Monday, or right. Easter Monday. That's generally how some are, and um, our, my friend's sisters, though, my friend's sisters went to school in Carroll County. They didn't even get a week. They just got Good Friday to Easter Monday, and that was it. I was oh, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I remember... We would have Good Friday service, and it'd be at, like, 1030 in the morning. So what our class, what they'd have to do with us is they'd have to find some way to entertain us for two hours. So they would always put on a movie, have us watch a movie in the cafeteria slash auditorium room. And uh, and it would, and because they were a strict religious school, they always had to screen it beforehand and see if it was appropriate to show right. us. Right. Well, this one particular year, we um, watched The Princess Bride. Now, I, I appreciate this movie now. I, I've, I've rewatched it just recently, as a matter of fact, last month as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I cracked up. I thought it was adorable. You know, I swooned three parts. But when you're like... 10 and you're just starting to get used to and, and they do joke about the kissing being gross right but when you're 10 and you don't really get a lot of stuff or that oh it's a parody oh it's a trope it's, you, you don't really get it so so you're just sort of sitting there kind of bored and you don't really get the jokes so you're not really getting it so basically that's what happened with our class our class was just sort of sitting there trying to get into it kind of mm -hmm. And so finally, out, um, I think it's maybe about more than halfway through um, the end of the movie, um, somebody yelled, um, or not halfway the end of the movie, at some point during the movie, you're a son of a bitch, and we're like, oh. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, I think I know where you're talking. Is it, are you at the point where Indigo Montoya kills the six-fingered man? Yeah. Okay, so that's almost towards the end of the movie. Right. Give me my father back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and that's like the only cursing in the whole movie. Teachers are like looking at each other like, oh my god, oh my god, we didn't know we did. <laughs> and they're like, cool, we got to watch it. <laughs> you have to keep in mind that 
mind, this is a school where they would say no tone if you said shut up to somebody. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so the fact that we got to watch something with that in it. <laughs> so um, that that was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Okay, actually, I do have a story. This this is more or less me embarrassing myself, but um. Don't we all embarrass ourselves? Okay. <laughs> I was about, I'd say, eight or nine years old. My great, my dad's family, we, like I said, we always would go out to something for Easter, to eat on Easter. Mm -hmm. My dad's aunt, Veronica, had taken us to the Turf Valley Country Club. Ooh, a fancy. Very, yeah, it's a very fancy um, country club. And for their Easter luncheon thing, and... Um, my, I was about nine and my sister was about five. And naturally, when you take a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, unless they have had extensive training in charm school of some sort, <laughs> you, you're, 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 you're just not going to. So I had gotten, I love pasta. I love pasta to this day. I got this big plate of spaghetti, really big plate of spaghetti. I was nine years old. And really... I had twirled it on my fork no, to my parents, sent the letter to the house because my, my dad's relatives were really, I was nine. Right. So, and she said, and you, and this is what you look like. And she drew like a little picture of like a little big head with like spaghetti coming out of its mouth. And she's uh, like, this is what you look like. This is, yeah. This and, and she's like, and I've sent a copy of this letter to your grandmother in Massachusetts, and who, who isn't even on their side of the family, right? <laughs> and I'm like, and we've sent copies to everybody in the family about how rude you are. <laughs> I can laugh at it now because it's just so darn ridiculous, but at the time, I was so embarrassed, and my parents made me write her an apology letter. And <laughs> P.S. Go kiss my ass. <laughs> She didn't have any kids, of course. So. Well, that tells you why. That's. Um, but that that was that's probably the one. And then she like got mad at my sister for ordering like a Shirley Temple. <laughs> they're, you know, they're they're, little, they're they're not alcoholic drinks. But she had ordered Shirley Temples for me and my sister, and my sister liked them so much she went and ordered another one. Oh my, my god. She's five years old. She doesn't understand how much things cost. How <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> so yeah. But um, my Aunt Veronica has since passed on, rest in peace, but um this was this was like twenty years ago. You you should have written a note in uh <laughs> to put it in her grave. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure about... It happened kind of suddenly, so I'm really... I think... I can't even remember if I went to... She's actually um, buried up in um, another state with her, her husband. With her husband, so... Ah, okay. But uh, I'll have to ask where, where she is. I'll have to tell her story. Yeah. So... All right. Um, well, why don't we go, uh, on that note, into our picks for the month. Okay. And 
course, we start with movies, and Danielle, you get to start it off. All right. Well, this one was pretty much a no-brainer for me. Um, um, this is mainly, um, well, I'm just going to say flat out, um, my big fat Greek wedding, mainly because the sequel comes out next week. Right. So if you um, get a chance, I would highly recommend you watch the first one and then go into the sequel. That is exactly what I'm doing. Um, so my big fat Greek wedding, it, it's about a Greek family, but anybody of any great culture, anything can relate to this probably. But it's about um, this girl, she's 30 years old. And she's the only person in her family who, at that age, who's unmarried. And her parents think there's something wrong with her. <laughs> and then, um, so she meets somebody and he turns out not to be Greek. And the whole family just sort of erupts into chaos. And he, not only is he not Greek, but he does have, he has like a small family. And it, it, it's just the cultural class. It's about the funniest, I, I, my description does not do it justice, but... If you get a chance, go watch it. It is hilarious. There, <laughs> I've actually seen that movie. That's a good yeah. movie. It is hilarious. <laughs> I, 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 now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Isn't this movie based on the actress's real right, life? Right, Because her husband is in the movie, right. Ian Gomez. This, yeah, the movie plot, The Girl Stars of Mia Vardalis, this is loosely based on what happened to her. She grew up in a big Greek family. She married somebody that wasn't Greek. And the guy who she married is in the movie. He plays the guy's best friend. Right. So he's in the movie. Um, and <laughs> it, it is just... <laughs> um, hilarious. I it, think, if I remember, and I might be wrong, but I think this got nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay oh. that year. I think. Actually, let me look it up real quick. It actually holds the record for being the highest grossing film to never reach number one at the box office. Really? Yeah. Wow. So. Oh, yeah, here it is. Okay. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Writing Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It grossed 241.1. Four million dollars and never reached number one. That is amazing. So, um, I think I was in high school when it came out, and I didn't really pay much attention to it except for the fact that her one of her cousins was played by Joey from NSYNC. The, so, so then I heard, I was like, oh, he's not even starring it, and he just has a small part. Well, I don't want to see it. And then I was, thought, I was like, oh man, yeah, this is just her her on <laughs> but my my favorite part of the whole movie though um Linda, is um where her um fiance's family comes to meet her family for the first time and what their understanding is that it's just going to be dinner with her and her parents and maybe her brother mm -hmm. but her parents were like no you have to meet everybody so there's like 40 people in her family and they show up to the house and there's like a, a um meat on a spit rolling around oh man in the yard and like 
um, tiki torches and all these people. And um, his, and her dad's like introducing him. He's like, this is my brother, Tommy. And then their children, Anita, Diane, and Nick. And then my brother, Sonzo, and his children, Anita, Diane, and Nick. And Nick, Nick, little Nick, Nicky, Nick. And he goes, and I am Gus. I, I have a feeling that is my family almost because we have such a huge family because we're cause on my dad's side because we're Polish. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's <laughs> you ever want to marry into a big family? <laughs> Join me, <laughs> Boy, Phil? yes, <laughs> give him a call. No, uh, no, but seriously, well, yeah. I, <laughs> But no, I, I have seen that movie. That is a real good movie. Yeah, it I, is. I join you on that recommendation. Yeah, it just... <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, for me, and I, I, I'm sort of sticking with the Easter theme uh-huh. for this one. Because I know, like, you stuck with... What what was it one month that you... like? Was it, like, Christmas or Valentine's Day? I, yeah, I... I don't, with um, both Valentine's Day and Christmas themes, I try to at least. Okay. Well, I'm going to stick with the Easter theme for once, or a theme for once. The movie that I recommend is a Yankovi favorite of ours. And uh-huh. this usually plays every Easter on TV. And actually, uh, this week, as a matter of fact, I- I'm not going to go to it because it's a long movie. Right. Um, but if you have free time, uh, they are going to air this movie in movie theaters, limited screening, uh-huh. for its 60th anniversary. And it is The Ten Commandments. <clears throat> um, of course, this movie airs every year on ABC on Easter or the day before Easter. Um, this this is like the first epic movie I remember seeing you know as a kid uh great cast charlton heston as moses uh yule brenner's ramses you got so many great actors and actresses in this ann baxter edward g robinson john derrick cedric hardwick uh vincent price is in the movie um there's just so many good actors and actresses in this movie and it's directed by um but it is a very good movie like i said it's a long movie it's almost loves this movie yeah like if like if i ever asked him to come up with a list Mm -hmm. of his 10 favorite movies of all time i would easily say it that is in his top 10 yeah so there was one morning it was on a weekend I, I remember this clearly. Yeah. Because where I'm recording right now um, used to be my bedroom. Oh. Yes. I I used to have a room in the basement. So I, I have that experience. Like, it was a makeshift room. Oh, you, you've since moved? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like 15 when this happened. Yeah. So I was down here for a couple of years. But anyway, um, my brother, his room was downstairs as well. 
And it's like, I guess you could say it's a storage room. Yeah. But we call it the cave because of how cold it could get in there at night. But I remember he came home from work. This was before he became a police officer. He goes into his room, pops in the first tape of the Ten Commandments. And like I said, this is five in the morning. Uh -huh. I'm hearing the movie and I'm hearing the introduction from Cecil B. DeMille. And it's like, <laughs> This is the story of Moses, from his infancy to a grown man. There will be a 15-minute intermission during the movie. Blah, 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 blah. And, and then, you know, the, the music begins. And I'm just laying there five in the morning hearing this. And I'm just like, But... Now I, you know, sort of look back on it in laughter, but no, I mean, it, it is a real good movie. It's a long movie. Um, ABC shows the whole thing, like, like when they show it, it airs from seven to like quarter of midnight, and that would be a challenge that I would dare anybody to take is watch that whole movie. And that time span from seven to quarter of midnight. Yeah. I dare anybody to. Especially because, I don't know if the DVD version does this, but the VHS copy that we had as kids actually has the original inter theater intermission part on it. Right. So I, I'm not sure if you guys know, but um, in movie theaters back in like the 50s and 60s there used to be an actual intermission in long movies yep and there'd be this thing on the screen that's an intermission yep and the vhs actually does that we just would fast forward through it but actually, actually they on on turner classic movies they for some of those movies they keep that in oh so you get the full movie experience there all right, so uh, we're going to go from our movie to our album of the month, so I'll get to start this one. And I had a little bit of a hard time picking an album of the month, but towards the end, I I got a good one um, because, and, I, and I'm going to pull up the track listing on my phone in a minute here, um, but this year, uh, Deep Purple finally going in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. Uh, I, I think it's a joke that it took that organization that long to get them in. Um, but my album for the month is, I, I would say, my favorite Deep Purple album. And it's the one where they came back together and that would be perfect strangers um it's such in a way it's sort of you know like that whole 80s feeling to it but you also have that deep purple feel to it as well mm -hmm. um let me pull up the track listing um it starts off the opening track, Knocking at Your Back Door. Such a 
great, great opening track to any album. I'd put that up there as far as opening tracks. I'd put that in, in the discussion for best, you know, best opening track ever. Um, you have other good songs, Nobody's Home, Mean Streak, Under the Gun. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the title track, Perfect Strangers, which is just one of the best songs of all time. And the video to that is them at the studio, at the music studio, and some of the activities that they do. And it's just really good. Um, it's just a great comeback album. With the original lineup, Richie Blackmore, uh, Ian Gillen, Roger Glover, um, you know, there. And it's just a great album all around. And I would definitely recommend everybody get it, even if you're not a fan of rock. It is a great album from beginning to end. All right. Um, my album pick which I'm not sure if I've already done. I need to really write down which ones I do. Yeah, I got to go through that as well. Because part of me wonders if I already picked this a while back and forgot. But um, if I have, so what? Go listen to it again. Um, Shit. Okay. Um, my album, it has nothing to do with a theme or anything. I just like it. Um, it's the... Um, the very best of Daryl Hall and John Oates. I don't think you've done that one. Okay. Now, I don't recommend this particular album. I, um, honestly, a lot of older music I've discovered through greatest hits albums. Um, so I feel like, so I'm not telling you to buy this specific one. They've since had um, another compilation since that has been, you know, that has more on it and, they have several other albums as well. I'm, this is just me saying, check out Daryl Hall and John Oates' music. Um, but this is the album that introduced me to it. Um, I used to watch, back when VH1 used to play music, um, <laughs> I would, I watched, I'd watch some of the older, the 80s um, flashback shows and things, and they had their song, Private Eyes, which <laughs> the video looks downright ridiculous because it's in the infancy of music videos but it, it was just so catchy because it goes private eyes watching you they see your every move private like listen to that song it's just so darn catchy and i was like oh my god this is so good so um i had gone to the store and i found their best of album just to get that song because this is back in the when I was a teenager, you'd buy the album right. just for one song. You couldn't get it any other way. Um, so I got the album and I discovered other songs such as "Kiss on My List," um, "Man Eater." Well, no, I think I'd heard "Man Eater," but I didn't realize it was them that sang it. Mm-hmm. Um, "Say It Ain't" isn't so out of touch. Um, "Wait for Me." Ugh, so many. Um, other great songs that they did and um i still i still love them to this day um they're still and, touring yeah that's another amazing thing is they're still touring they're still touring um daryl hall i mean not yeah daryl hall i don't know if he still has this show but he used to have a show where he would play from his house and he'd have people come and yeah play. i've seen it advertised i think it's still going on yeah 
and they're yeah they're still you know the voices might sound a little different but they're they're still i mean this is pretty amazing because they've been doing this for over 40 years now that's pretty impressive so and, and i just want to say to add on to that what i find amazing to the testament of the band and the popularity of the band and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I definitely recommend not only you, Daniel, but everybody check this out. Um, th this is this video has been up for a while now, but a couple of teenagers made a music video to "Kiss on My Lips." Really cheesy, but it is good. And I mean, it's like at one point this kid goes down a slide. And they're at a playground. And then at the end, like, they show this list of things that he wants to do besides kiss, you know, uh, you know, being on the list. It's just real cheesy. And then there's another video from another group of teenagers who did Private Eye, which oh, yeah. I also recommend. Oh, uh, yeah. Have to look at that. Yeah. I mean, I I'll post it, you know, on in our Facebook group. But, you know, that definitely shows... You know, all these years, Hall and Oates are still a popular act, and I I would say they're one of the best duos of all time in music. Like I don't know too many whose popularity has withstood the test of time, like Hall and Oates has. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for us for this month. But next month, and I wasn't sure if I should mention it or not, but you know what? I'm going to mention it anyway. Next month is our one-year anniversary of Nostalgia Crew. Mm -hmm. And I think we're just going to have a free-for-all on that one. Oh, yeah. Because Easter will already, already have happened. Right. Um, there's really no holiday in April at that point. No. Not really. I mean, unless you consider tax day a holiday, but... Uh, okay, I take it as no. Nobody considers... Not really. Um, I already did mine. I did mine. I got my money back already. I've, already, I've had my refund for like a month now, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's not really... Granted, I'm in a position where it's not the stressful time that it is for some Right. People. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think for next month, for the one year, I say we do a free-for-all. Mm -hmm. So and, and I'll come up, I'll look up some, you know, list of like our most listened to episodes and yeah so we'll do that mm -hmm. well everybody have a good easter for those who celebrate it and of course to our jewish friends have a good uh uh passover i i almost said the wrong holiday i, I would have gotten killed for that but i caught myself um so until then for Danielle, I'm Bill. This is Nostalgia Crew. We'll talk to you all next month.